Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Let's pray together before we hear our New Testament lesson. Oh God, we give you thanks for Vacation Bible School, for the many, many, many children and families we had here this week, and uh, for so many new faces that just helped us to see your light in a very new and real way. We pray for one another now as we hear your word. We pray, as always, that we would just hear from you We want to hear from you. That's why we're here in this place. Send your Holy Spirit in a fresh and powerful way to open our hearts and minds to all that you would say to us. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. May the people of God say, Amen. We're in Acts chapter 2. We start in the 42nd verse today. And as we hear this passage, you'll recognize it. You've probably heard it before. It's kind of what happened right after Pentecost. It's kind of a snapshot of the earliest moments of the Christian church. I just want you to listen carefully to what's going on, what it must have felt like. And, and please know, uh, it, it sounds like the church was absolutely perfect at the very beginning. That's really not accurate. Uh, Luke is capturing the perfect parts of life in the church and giving us something to which we can all aspire. The church was still full of very real people. It was actually very, very messy, especially early on. But we do have something beautiful here in Acts chapter 2. So let's hear the Word of God together. Chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, this is all of the new Christians, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as they had need, as any had need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. We are uh, today on the second week of our Getting Real With Each Other series. Uh, we've got uh, a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. We, we started with confidence last week. Today we're dealing with loneliness. Chrislin will be with us next week and the following Sunday helping us think about work-life balance and anxiety. 
Then we talk about uh, an interesting topic, which I'll prepare you a little bit with something uh, the week before so we know what to do with our children. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, struggles with pornography. And then the next week is uh, a conversation about trauma, unhandled trauma in our lives. These are issues that face lots and lots of people, especially people in the church. And so we're going to take some time and deal with these things. Today we're talking about loneliness. Now we're not we're not talking about being alone. Being alone can be a very healthy thing, especially after five days of vacation Bible school. You might need to be alone. We're talking today about chronic loneliness, chronic loneliness, that sense of being all alone that affects so many people. I have a, a pastor friend with a church of about a thousand people. He's, he is a uh, surrounded by people all the time. He is beloved by his people, and for good reason. He's a great man with a big heart. Uh, We were having lunch one day about five years ago. It it took 20 minutes for us to get from the the entrance of the restaurant to our table because of all the hugs and handshakes that he got on the way to where we were going to sit down. When we finally got settled in, I, I looked him in the eye, and I said, now tell me, how are you doing? How are you doing? I was not prepared for what happened. His back was to the rest of the restaurant. I was facing the rest of the people. He looked at me and began to cry. (laughs) He said, I'm not doing well, not well at all. I'm just so lonely. I think it is starting to affect me. I did that thing that I should never do, and I said the first thing that popped into my head. (laughs) I said, how could you be lonely? (laughs) You are surrounded by people who love you, uh, an incredible family, a wonderful church. Why in the world are you lonely? I wanted to say, how dare you be lonely? My goodness. He said, "Uh, you're right. I have many people in my life, but no true friends. If you really knew me, if I let you know me, you would never be my friend. What a difficult thing to hear from a friend. What a a difficult thing to process with a friend. Loneliness is such a challenging thing for many people. One in three Americans deals with daily feelings of loneliness. Daily feelings of loneliness. In the church, one in five really engaged Christian people deals with the same loneliness. If we look at the age groups in the church, 33% of folks over 45 deal with these daily feelings, 61% in the 18 to 25-year-old range, and over 80% of those under 18 feel this kind of loneliness. Now, we're not talking about that little pity party that we all have from time to time. No, we're talking about daily feelings of loneliness which range from intense to unbearable, intense to unbearable. You would think that all of our connectedness on social media would make it better, but it actually deepens the pain of loneliness. That's what what it does. Why why does it do that? Well, now we get to see everything, and all of us can feel left out all the time when we look at, at Facebook. So many things are going on. These people are in Florida. We're not there. This bunch went to supper last night and didn't take us. They made pictures of all their food and put it on there. These people just got a new car and apparently invited all the neighbors over except us. You know, these are the things that, that get in our heads. We think about this stuff. It swirls around sort of a cesspool of bad thinking, and all of a sudden we're driving around noticing uh, who is where and how we got left out yet again. That's kind of what happens as we spend time with 
our social media and other things too. It, it's, not, it's not all that different from what happened in my, my five-year-old daughter's vacation Bible school class this week. Now, she started it, okay? Full disclosure, Annabelle Jane started this thing. She didn't mean to. She just got really confused about an invitation to a birthday party, which is happening next week, next Saturday. That's when this birthday party is happening. She thought, for some reason, that one of her classmates in the room with her had had the party last week and that she had not been invited to the party, even though she had the invitation with her in her bag. She just thought that somehow this had already happened. Some other little girls came up, and they started talking, and one of them said, oh, yes, I went to that party. It just got worse from there. All of a sudden, you had a room full of five-year-old girls crying about not getting invited to an imaginary party, including the girl that allegedly held the party and still didn't get invited to it. This is what was going on in her class. I was just shocked. I, I only found out about it because we were still sobbing about it that night. We were still crying about being unwanted at something that was never a thing. That's what was going on. It's Facebook, okay? <laughs> it's Facebook for five-year-olds. That's what we were dealing with. All kidding aside, loneliness is a serious and a, a multi-layered problem. Uh, people who deal with chronic loneliness actually age faster. They have a 50% more chance of developing dementia, and they have the same negative health outcomes as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Can you imagine? Loneliness is very real. And it is currently very acute in our society. People are hungry for deep human connection, and they are not getting it very often. It is so easy in this world today to believe the lie that you actually are unlovable and unwanted. It is easy to believe that in today's world. My pastor friend uh, sparked a desire to learn more. Since then, I've learned a lot. I've learned that the answer to loneliness is not just more people. That's where my mind always goes, just more, more people. That's not the answer to loneliness. One of the answers to loneliness is authentic community. For those on the Jesus way, it would be authentic Christian community. We should easily find those places to belong in our Christian churches, shouldn't we? We really should find those places to belong. But the data suggests uh, that we're not that much better off than those who are not part of a Christian community, even though real community has been part of the fabric of the church since the beginning. Look back at Acts chapter 2 again. This is just after Pentecost. 3,000 people became believers and embraced the Jesus way. What did those earliest Christian communities look like? Well, in Acts 2, we find something called koinonia in the Greek, koinonia. It is this unique fellowship centered on Christ. We find there something called the prayers. It's a daily rhythm of prayer and worship that is shared together by the community, a daily thing. We find people sharing everything so that everybody has what they need to live. They are in each other's homes, breaking bread together, sharing communion, and experiencing this spiritual formation that is rooted in the teaching of the apostles about Jesus. These earliest Christians knew each other so very well. They spent time together, worshiped together, and grew in their faith together. 
They knew each other well enough to recognize when this family needed help with the mortgage, they just made it happen. When, when this other family needed special prayers for a marriage on the rocks, they rallied around those folks. When this young adult over here was ready to start her career, they got together and helped make it happen for that precious child. That's just how they did. And somehow, they always had room at the table for one more. They always had room for the new ones the fresh faces who were coming to join this koinonia. Acts 2 says, they had the goodwill of all the people. That's what they had, the goodwill of all the people. What does that mean? Well, it means the larger community noticed, the larger community outside of the church noticed the beautiful way they shared life together and the way they loved each other. People noticed because it was so very different than the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world in which they lived and in which we actually still live. The Jesus way in Acts 2 is captured by that beautiful song. You've, you've probably heard it. They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That's what we're talking about in Acts chapter 2. What a beautiful way of life. It was absolutely wonderful. What a gift to invite this tired, hurting world full of loneliness into this koinonia, fellowship centered on Christ. And yet, it isn't happening as often as it should in today's churches. We have to ask, what is wrong in the church of today? What is wrong in our church that this isn't happening as much as it should? Your staff and, and lay volunteers worked a call list of 4,000 people through the pandemic. We wore out the telephones in the middle part of the pandemic, trying to connect with people and figure out where they were and what was going on. We learned a lot of things, but we especially learned that the fabric of our community of faith is not as strong as we thought it was. So many people were connected by just fleeting moments on Sunday mornings when everything fell apart. They didn't have a life group or a Sunday school class checking on them or a choir or a praise team. They didn't have that. We had lots of folks who had been coming regularly for years but had not found a sense of authentic, authentic community and belonging. Those folks just disappeared. Here's the hurtful part. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Like most things in life, some of that's on them but most of it is on us as we have traded the reality of Christian community for something that just looks like it. Now, what do we do about all this? What in the world do we do? Well, we are working on this from an organizational standpoint, and we have been for some time. Someone about six months ago gave a gift letting us hire a new children's minister so that our own Andrew Gilmore can become our director of discipleship ministries, pouring his energies and his expertise in a, into a team of lay people who will be actively building healthy places to belong within our church. We know what koinonia is. We just need to practice we just need to work at it and help build the thing. If your heart is stirred by this, please let me know because we're ready to get to work. This is one of the things that we're doing together as a church family, working on the fabric of our community. What else can we do? What else should we do? Well, if I may speak very plainly, 
to all those who have found the joy of a place to belong. Pay attention to the folks around you. Remember, one out of every three people is struggling with serious loneliness. You may not be, but they are. Ask God to show you how to help. It is so hard. I know it is so hard to crack open those existing groups and friend networks and classes, but let's do the work and let's bathe it in prayer and trust that God will refresh and renew all of us as new friends become old friends. It is worth the risk, the discomfort, and the work. Just be intentional. You have a gift that grows as you share it. Don't hog it. Don't hog it. Please don't hog it. And please don't assume that everybody feels welcomed. They don't. They do not. You have to work to make that happen. Now I would say to all those who struggle with loneliness, I know this struggle too. I have often traded quality of relationships for quantity only to find myself surprised by feelings that I thought extroverts never had. (laughs) I'm learning that we must take some risks too. Authentic Christian community is a two-way street. We have to go looking for it. Sometimes we have to help create it and experience the realities of rejection before we ever find it. Ask God to help you take a step in the direction of a place to belong, to risk the vulnerability that is required. And when it blows up the first few times, and it will, trust that God will pick up the pieces as you try again and again and again. It is worth the risk to be vulnerable and to work at it. There are still others for whom loneliness is actually a side effect of brain chemistry or emotional struggles or psychological baggage. Please know there is help available, lots of help in this community. Reach out to a pastor, a lay leader, a congregational care minister. Let's start the conversation and see if God will help us find healing together. There's no shame in getting help in this place. We are all on our faces depending on Jesus for that which makes us whole. Sometimes that's counseling, and sometimes it's a little medicine. All the time it is community so that we share this work together. One of the hardest faith lessons I have had to learn that I'm still learning that I think applies to this conversation is to not be jealous of those who have found that for which I am still looking Some time ago, the Lord invited me to just be happy, to just be happy for those who found their place to belong, their calling, their clarity, their whatever. Just be happy for those folks. He said, Drew, stop coveting that which isn't yours. It just keeps you. It just keeps you from finding that which I have prepared for you. Sure enough, the happier I am for the joys of others the more I find God offering to me that which I thought I could not have. Maybe we can all work together on that. That's something we can do for sure. We shared our faith with our children all week long. We did our very best to introduce them appropriately to our best friend, Jesus, the one who forgives sin, the one who heals brokenness and pain, the one who brings hope and joy and light, the one who walks with the lonely and unloved, the one who takes that which is unlovable in each of us and loves it until it is lovely again. I want to be sure today 
that all of you know my best friend, Jesus. I want to make sure you know him. He is the one who ties our hearts and lives together with the thread of new life, which we get to share with each other and the world. The more we share, the stronger that thread gets. Do I still feel lonely? Yes, sometimes, even with my best friend Jesus. Do I know that I am never alone? Yes, I do know that. And I want you to know that too. I want you to know that we're all in this thing together with Jesus. Don't forget. Don't forget that. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Not judgment, not hate, not fear, but love. May it be so in your life and in mine. Amen.